0: Hey, it's Gory Corey. I'm currently working on a new horror anthology called Welcome Week with Screen Ranger Productions, the minds behind Satan Servant. We're making a film about the horrors of college, and we're bringing together college-age film students from all over the world to work on it. We're currently fundraising on Indiegogo and would really appreciate your support. Whether it's sharing or donating, anything helps. Thank you so much, and if you'd like to learn more, you can find us on Indiegogo at Welcome Week, or you can visit my blog, gorycorey.com. Thanks! Welcome to Filmstrip. These podcasts are spoiler-filled as we discuss the plots, characters, and themes of the films in review. All content used or discussed in these podcast episodes is the property of the respective owners and used under the fair use act, section 504 C2, title 17. Welcome to Filmstrip. I'm Ryan. And I'm Lindsay. Welcome back, Ryan. I'm glad we didn't scare you off. I'm surprised you wanted me back to begin (laughs) with. (laughs) We definitely did. I wanted to get you in on another movie outside Mm -hmm. of Talented Mr. Ripley, though. (laughs) Fond memories. Talented Mr. Ripley might have a better popcorn rating than this one. That will be determined at the end of this. We'll see. Yeah, we'll talk it through. We'll talk it through and see where we're at. So today we are reviewing The Last Airbender, starring Noah Ringer, Nicola Peltz, Beckham, Jackson Rathbone, Dev Patel, Sean Tube, Asif Manvi, Cliff Curtis, and Seychelle Gabriel. Directed by M. Night Shyamalan and based on the early aughts animated television series Avatar, It was released in 2010 on a $150 million budget, and it grossed over $131 million at the box office. That's just in the U.S. and Canada, though. It did gross over $319 million worldwide, and it was nominated for 12 different awards, including a Kids' Choice Award, which makes sense as it is a Nickelodeon film, and won eight awards, including the prestigious Rosie and Village Voice Award for Worst Film. So let's talk (laughs) about background with the movie. Ryan, when did you first see this movie? What's your background with it?
1: Okay, so um, I got introduced to Avatar The Last Airbender. With my brother, I had gone off to college, and my brother and I we've always been kind of close. And he said, "Hey, you should watch this show." And I'm like, uh, "Okay." And then I started watching it, and I was like, "It's really like in depth, great characters, uh, beautifully done animation wise." And so, like my brother and I, like that was our like the thing that we kind of connected at, you know, me being a college mm-hmm. student, him almost going off to college. Um, when we <laughs> Uh, so my parents, uh, for their 25th wedding anniversary thought, you know, it would be great. Let's go to Duck, North Carolina and bring our children and all of their friends
0: with them. You ate duck donuts while you were there, right? Duck. No, I wish. I
1: wish. I don't think duck donuts was like really around when I was there in my defense, but I did eat cupcakes. I did eat duck cupcakes, but, um. So the movie had just come out and we were like, oh, let's go see it. So our parents dropped us off at the local theater in Duck, North Carolina, and all of us were sitting there watching it and stuff like that. And I won't tell you how we felt about it. I'll get into that later. But that is uh, my background. Lindsay.
0: How about you? Hey, so I have only, I had only really seen one or two episodes of Avatar, probably while one of my brothers were watching the cartoon. (laughs) So I didn't have a ton of exposure to it. And we, I was talking to my Brian about your movie prowess and how you have a fair amount of knowledge and have watched quite a lot of anime. And that led us to the conversation of, hey, have you guys ever done Avatar? So this suggestion was actually my Brian's suggestion. <laughs> and then when I presented it to you, you said, yes, let's do it. I hate that movie. Yes. And I quote. Spoilers. And i never seen it. So of course I'm in. So that's it. I I watched this movie with you yes. a week ago exactly yes. today and I am looking forward to getting into it. <laughs> so before we do that, I'll give all the listeners a as quick as I can plot summary of the movie in case you're in case you're coming into it fresh. So beware spoilers ahead. So the film begins with 14-year-old Katara and her 15-year-old warrior brother Soka near a river at the South Pole. They are tracking a tiger seal when they see something glowing beneath the ice. And an ice sphere appears with a boy, on, and a flying bison sloth beaver falcor thing mm-hmm. named Appa trapped inside, uh, unknown to them. Ong is the long-lost avatar who is a spiritual figure that holds the world in balance through every incarnation. However, his disappearance allowed the Fire Nation to declare war on the other nations, the other nations being the Air Nomads, the Water Tribes, and the Earth Kingdom. Uh, That was in the Fire Nation's attempt to conquer the world. Zuko, an exiled prince of the Fire Nation, is on a quest to find the Avatar and bring him as a prisoner to his father in hopes of redeeming himself. Ong Ong reveals himself to Zuko while staying with the Water Tribe and surrenders himself to Zuko on the condition that he agrees to leave the village alone. Now, Ong manages to escape and his new friends, Katara and Sokka, visit the Southern Air Temple, which is Ong's previous home, where they discover that Ong was in the ice for approximately 100 years and that the Fire Nation wiped out all air nomads. So in despair, Ong enters the Avatar State and finds himself in the spirit world where he encounters a dragon spirit that tells him to make his way to the Northern Water Tribe to master Waterbending. They eventually make their way to to an earth kingdom controlled by the Fire Nation and incite a rebellion by reminding the disgruntled earthbenders that earth was given to them. Now, upon defeating the firebending army, Katara Katara is given a waterbending scroll that she uses to perfect her waterbending and help On learn waterbending as they make their way to the Northern Water Tribe. Song is captured again by a group of Fire Nation archers. However, a masked marauder, the Blue Spirit, helps Song escape from his imprisonment. The group makes it to the Northern Water Tribe and immediately Soka befriends the Northern Water Tribe Princess Yue. And when we say immediately, we mean immediately. <laughs> The Fire Nation fleet is not far behind them. They attack and capture Ang as he enters the spirit world to find the Dragon Spirit to give him the wisdom to defeat the Fire Nation. Returning to his body, Aung battles Zuko before Katara freezes him. As the battle escalates, Iroh watches Zhao capture the Moon Spirit, which with its Water Spirit counterpart had assumed the form of a fish. Despite Iroh's pleas... Zhao kills the moon spirit, which strips the waterbenders of all their abilities to waterbend. Yue explains to everyone that the moon spirit gave her life as a newborn, and she is willing to give it back to restore the spirit. Zhao is then drowned by waterbenders, and Ong uses the ocean by forming a gigantic wave to drive the Armada back. When the waters calm, we see Aung finally fully accepting his destiny as the Avatar. The movie ends with Fire Lord Ozai, appointing his daughter Azula to capture the Avatar. So, okay, this movie was, um, (laughs) I'm just, look, let's, let's just get the bad acting and the even worse script out of the way right now. So there is sometimes... I can't tell if it's bad acting or bad script writing or both. And because these actors have been in so many other things, I have to assume that it's bad script writing and directing. And directing. So, Ryan, I I really need your thoughts okay. on this. So, as like our our avatar expert, Okay. In this room, because it's just two of us. Uh,
1: okay, well, the one thing that's kind of frustrating is, is that, like, I don't want to try to compare it to the anime or the cartoon. It is a cartoon. A lot of people are like, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is not an anime, so let's make that known. Okay. So, the thing is, is that, like, I am fine with doing uh, a live-action version of this. But my biggest issue with this in film as its entirety is that it depends on people who have seen it because we can talk about it later, is is that the exposition is, like, thrown at you for, like, two minutes at a time. And you're like, wow, if this was a standalone film, it would really suck. And that is my... But, like... The thing is is that like especially because for those of you who are not aware with the cartoon series um there were a couple of seasons and they're all called a book of some co- some kind. So this is the Water Book season 1. And the characters in it are very young and naive and there's a lot of humor in it. There's still of course the sad parts
0: to it which Because they're kids.
1: They're kids and and especially with Ang <laughs> i'm sorry the pronunciations in that film just drove me nuts in the movie they call him ong but his name is ang in the in the cartoon his is i think the most interesting because he's still such a young child and he's very bright and lively and wants to have fun and everything like mm-hmm. that but in this movie he's you know for some kid who's like supposed to be like bright and bubbly you see it for like two seconds at the beginning of the film. And then the rest of the time, he's just, you might as well have just been like, he's so curmudgeon He's so sad the whole time. He
0: is I kind of get it because he's very recently learned that his entire tribe and every person he's ever known was brutally murdered. Yes. And I agree with you on that
1: standpoint. But at the beginning, his, oh, I was just upset. I just ran off because I was upset. Oh, we got caught in a storm, you know? uh Yeah. that, That wasn't enough, I think, to make up for the fact that he's still out of... Until later seasons, he's the youngest out of all of them. Yeah.
0: I will say that he does walk a line between being a child and kind of – and a 114-year-old man. Yep. Yep. Um, He – especially in those moments where he was – he's so Mm self-aware that that he's – feeling this way. And he's like, Oh yeah, exactly what you said. Yeah. Yep. This is what happened. I recognize that it was silly. I'm done. And then he has these little, very few, I will say, and I know Mm -hmm. you agree with me that he has very few, but they are still, they still exist moments Mm -hmm. of playfulness throughout the film but you're right from the few episodes that I saw in the mm-hmm. cartoon or animated series if we want to yes. get technical um actually that's a good point would you consider this a cartoon or an animated series it is let's get into oh semantics boy. for a minute I so for me it's an animated series
1: um however for some it's considered a cartoon okay and I think that's because it is coming from Nickelodeon and this was like, that's their a good first point. Kind of thing. Whereas, like you know, when you think of Nickelodeon, you think of things like SpongeBob, and if you're of the older generation, like Angry Beaver and Ah Real Monsters, yeah. and then you have this, which is sort of like it's not an anime, it's not per se a cartoon either. So for me, it's an animated series because I think that it's kind of like a nice combination of the two of them. Yeah, and it's it's not. But like, if you're somebody who's into cartoons versus animation, sh- anime, you mm-hmm. will definitely see a difference in like art styles and everything like that in fluidity. That being said, though, it's borderline because if you've seen the show, the fluidity, especially when it comes to the bending aspect, is very much needed, which I'm certain we'll get into later when we start talking about the different um, benders that we are introduced to in this movie. Yes. Because really
0: we, ta- we talked about Aang, of course, but of course we also have to talk about some of the other major... <laughs> Every time you say "ang," I feel like you mean Ong.
1: No, I mean <laughs> "ang." No, I mean "ang." Like, I mean Sokka instead of Soka. Yes. And Katara instead... Well, yeah, Katara, Katara. They, they do actually keep Katara. her name.
0: They, so- they do keep her name the same. That is, so that is a point that I wanted to talk about. So for you listeners, Ryan will likely mm-hmm. use the animated series pronunciations and I will probably use a lot of the film that's pronunciation. Okay. That's okay. I don't know if Eminent
1: Shyamalan picked these pronunciations because that's technically how they're supposed to be pronounced
0: or if it's just a, do you know what though? I bet. Well, you know, what I'm fully con- conjecture here, but mm. I directed a play scapin also pronounced Scapine, also pronounced Finding eight million Dory. <laughs> million different other, yeah. So Escape? It's, it's funny. Got, it's, yeah. it's almost spelled like escape. <laughs> so, one of the decisions that had to be made as a director was how are we pronouncing this name? And so, right. he may have just made a decision, though it's odd that he would have made a decision based like outside of the animated series. Well, he
1: depends on it so much because like I said, like certain exposition is like force fed into you within like a minute of time. So it's like, why does he go above and beyond to change these pronunciations when he's trying, when he's basically depending upon people to have watched the animated series to enjoy this film, enjoy in quotations.
0: Yeah. I mean, Having not seen the animated series, I would say that the I didn't not enjoy the film, knowing nothing about it, but it was very helpful having you watch it with me because I could pause it and ask you questions. You were like <laughs> as I was this, watching was, it. Did this happen? Yeah. But yeah. not like, did this happen?
1: No, it happened like this. And yep. then it, so like but, you know, and that's the thing that I think is, like, kind of frustrating is is that, like, if it was its own standalone film, would you enjoy it yeah. as it is when you wouldn't have someone like me or someone who's watched a series? Or if there was a series that it was based on, would you enjoy it as a result of that?
0: Right. No. So I think I would enjoy the film. Based purely on the fact that it was a visual experience. I will agree with you on that. One. And I really appreciated that. However, I probably would have gotten hung up on the poor scripting. It was really. And the bad. poor delivery and, of the scripting. And not to mention the zoom ins. Yes. Oh, yes. Let's talk about the zoom ins. God, you could see poor counts. Yeah, nose hairs. You could see blackheads, probably in HD
1: yeah it was absolutely yeah, on your on your TV it was just the zoom ins were so unnecessary yeah
0: so this movie was released in 2010 yes which i mean i, I guess but that's what he does is m night shyamalan he does the zoom ins yeah i mean HD was pretty and well, 4K wasn't yet but no. HD was pretty ubiquitous by that point in mm-hmm. time like most people had hd but televisions you, but
1: you don't need to zoom in to be like i understand it like if you're talking like sixth Sense style because there were some very intimate moments and it's just like yeah and i get that he's trying to keep it like intimate but it's like if there are two people in the shot
0: yeah and no, i can count their eyelashes it gets a little <laughs> ridiculous it became a little campy at certain points i think because it was one zoom in shot to another Zoom shot. Yeah. To another Zoom shot. And it wasn't, it didn't feel, it didn't feel intimate. I was going to say it felt intentional, but it didn't feel like there was intentional thought behind it i don't if that makes any sense at all
1: no but that's the point of zoom in shots is to feel this intimate claustrophobia was it absolutely necessary for those of you we'll give an example so there was a particular scene where ang was talking to katara and Sokka about why he ran away from the air tribe yeah, the air nomads sorry spoiler that's why he disappeared was because he ran
0: away because he didn't want to be the avatar it's 2022 if you haven't seen the movie yet I don't feel bad about spoilers uh, well, okay yeah fair enough
1: um so like he's explaining it to them and it's a zoom in on his face and then the next thing is is like Katara and Sokka being like well oh, wait a minute Well, why didn't she want to be the avatar? Because they wouldn't let me have a family. So it's a zoom in on his face and then it's back to them. So it's like this weird back and forth. So there's no sense of like, it's when a zoom in is like that, it is supposed to make you feel like you're somewhat entrapped or it feels like it's a secret. And this wasn't necessarily a secret or needed to be a secret because I mean, I feel like Aang would have explained it to anybody who had asked the question. So it's like, are the zoom-ins necessary for this film? Right. Except for our favorite scene, there which was, we'll get to later.
0: There was, there was, I think, another zoom-in. And forgive me, it has been a week since I've watched there it. There were a lot of zoom-ins. There was, a, there was like a Zhao Iroh zoom-in, yes. I feel like, at one Oh, point, yes, I remember that. Where it was... I was like oh was it, that is that is a lot of was eyeball it, was it, right there was it when face. they were talking
1: about the spirit about murdering yep. spirit that's exactly that's what it, it. Was. and then because you're you're, right. like my
0: my god you could probably like see the blood veins like bursting in Iroh's eyes when he's like wait you're gonna do what <laughs> which honestly was a cool point all right so maybe the zoom-ins were not Incredibly effective in that scene. However, mm-hmm. Iro was incredibly effective in that scene.
1: I loved Iro. I actually will say, out of everybody, I felt like the Fire Nation was done. The, well, I'll I'll, I'll not inc- I'm not going to count Lord Ozai, um, okay. and I have reasons behind that. But I thought that um, Iro and Zuko and Zula. We'll get to her later. Yeah, we're we're very well done. I actually felt the Fire Nation had a little bit more depth to them than actually Ang did, considering it's his story. Yeah, and then unfortunately, the Water Tribe because this was their whole season where you really learned about Katara and Sokka as siblings, as a family, and then of course Ua and, um, and other important waterbenders. I felt like for some, for this being their book we didn't really learn about them and I felt like they were butchered probably the most
0: mm. in this series but I just felt like I and let's I mean why if not if not now when <laughs> um I felt like with the water bending Tribe. I was looking at. I felt like I was looking at Game of Thrones a lot of times, but like not a good Game of Thrones. No, like last, like a last season version of Game of Thrones. We watched that together. We did, and I was thinking, like, you know, Daenerys Stormborn with the white hair and the moon goddess, yeah, and, and all of that. So, so Game of Thrones had not come out yet so we can't say that M. Night Shyamalan took anything from that (laughs) unless you read the books but yep but you still get like this elfin feel or this Lord of the Rings feel or this never-ending story feel and we could go on and on and on about all of the movies Mm -hmm. that oh my god we did we did yeah yeah there, was, there were so many never-ending story moments. And if you haven't Game seen of- that, what's wrong with you? Go watch Never Ending Story yeah, right seriously. now. So there are some very distinct moments. And as someone who really, really likes the never-ending story and mm. has seen it many times mm-hmm. since I was a kid, there were Appa, right? Yes, That's Appa, the name? yes. So Appa is – Absolutely, Falcor. Oh, yes. He's well, that's why like, we made the reference. Yeah, he's just a snugly Falkor without <laughs> bubbles on his back. No you have this dragon that appeared in the same way as this wolf appeared mm-hmm. in Neverending Story. Yeah. We didn't have an Atreyu moment, which I appreciate. But
1: I wasn't, I wouldn't have been mentally
0: prepared for that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, he did have his little Mama. monkey thing. Mama. Yeah. A uh, uh, lemur bat. Which is very Golden Compass, which wasn't a film at the time. Correct.
1: Did uh, we make we made Game of Thrones references. We made Never Ending Story. Why do I feel like we also made like a couple of Star Wars references as well? There were
0: definitely there was a Tatooine. There was yes Tatooine. Well. Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. Um, it's interesting because like like I think that. There were so many moments in the movie where we were like, oh, hey, this looks like this,
0: but just done bad. <laughs> yeah. So it it almost felt like at certain points during the <gasps> oh, movie. Oh, and we made
1: Lord of the Rings references. Yes.
0: Smaug. That's what, that's what it was. Yep. There's definitely some smog. That dragon looked very much like smog. It really did. Without the benefit of oh. Benedict Cumberbatch being the voice. That was supposed to be, if I remember correctly...
1: For those of you who uh, have seen the series, it was supposed to be Avatar Roku. If you have not, as we mentioned in the summary, Aang had multiple incarnations. And it goes in a cycle. So he'll be a waterbender, an earthbender, a firebender, an airbender. And it will cycle all the way through. And so Avatar Roku was a firebender and... That has implications with why the Fire Lord decided to take over, but that would be explained in later series. So I'm not going to get into it. There was supposedly, I remember when I first saw this movie and they were talking about the casting and everything like that. They said the dragon was supposed to be Avatar Roku talking to him. Right. Which did happen, but he wasn't in dragon form. He was just himself being like, let me talk to you. But that's the thing with with Aang. He talks to his previous incarnations to learn from them. We kind of saw that briefly with Avatar Kyoshi. She was just kind of like, "Oh, hey, this was your previous incarnation." When we got to my favorite spot in the movie, which was the Earthbenders.
0: I do like the Earthbenders. You Why? were not yeah. a fan of the Earthbenders. Listen, <laughs> I, think, I, I, I don't. I all right. I like the earthbenders. Well, we needed to talk about the bending as a whole. So we yeah. might as well just circle back. Let's just into get that. into that. Let's, so just, let's just go back in the cycle. I will because you pointed this out to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I first – so when we were watching Ong Learn – wait, are you call, you're calling him Aang, right? I'm calling him Aang.
1: You can okay. call him Ong. I'm not going to defriend you. Fair, fair. Good.
0: I know. You can't at this point. You're you can't.
1: You're living in my house right now <laughs> so, <laughs> for
0: 24 hours. For 24 hours. So Ong – when he was learning water bending, my first reaction was, he's just doing Tai Chi. And mm-hmm. then Ryan pointed out to me that, in fact, every bending uh, motion has it is connected to a specific martial art. Correct. I'm going to let you expand on that a little bit. So I
1: don't remember exactly like every single martial art that is to it, but what I did love is that, and they did carry this or at least try to with this movie. And this is something that I do appreciate. So I'll give it a positive on that is, is that every single uh, bending is a different style of martial arts to make it unique and um so yes tai chi could be considered very similar to the water bending because it is a little bit more smoother a and little it's bit flowing more. yes and that's why like they talk about this in the cycle is, is that, you know, because the moon covers the water and the air aspects, and then the sun covers the earth and the fire aspects. So there is fluidity within the earth and not the earth the air and the water. And there's a little bit more ruggedness and a little bit more strength to the earth and the fire aspect as well. So they try to do that, I think to the best My problem was with this movie (laughs) was that in the animated series, with every movement you did, there was some sort of the bending occurring. Whereas in the movie, it was like you really, it's like, um, I'm going to compare it to like when you pull the string to get your lawnmower going, you got to rev it up several times before something actually happens. And I felt like, but at the same time though, it was like, we saw that throughout the movie Mm -hmm. where it was like, you needed a lot of movement going on before anything happened. But then at the end of the film with like Iroh, the scene um, in the cave. Yeah. With the moon spirit and the water spirit. I had pointed out to you because he was moving, there was already stuff happening. And then when he came to the final conclusion, it became bigger. I was like, that's what the bending is supposed to look like. And then there's the earth bending scene.
0: <laughs> Listen. <laughs> and after, so I will say you can YouTube this, or or I'm sure Avatar, I know Avatar, the animated series is streaming mm-hmm. and you can see this distinct difference in the animated series where, every move they make produces mm-hmm. something. It's not just like button mashing on Mortal Kombat. Like they are <laughs> absolutely every every motion presents something in right. in return. So I get that now. Yes but I I saw those after watching them <gasps> right. uh, watching the film. So I didn't take an issue with it and Ryan's the one that brought this up. But I absolutely see...
1: Well, yeah, but, but you had to go back and look at it. Yeah. So it's like that's the downside is, is that if somebody who has never seen the animated series, they're not going to know any different.
0: Yeah, so I totally went and digress. But explain the earthbending situation okay. so, to everyone.
1: <laughs> for those of you, I have warned Lindsay before we watched this. I was like, the my least favorite scene is the earthbending scene. So the earthbending scene... And Katara, and Sokka show up. The Earthbenders are within confinement because I guess there's not a lot of them, and the Earth Kingdom has taken over. Um, Not the Earth Kingdom, sorry. The Fire Kingdom has Mm -hmm. taken over because they brought in metal. Metal, for those of you who are aware or not aware, metal is kind of one of those elements that, with the exception of certain people, are not able to bend against or work with. There are metal benders, but they're not introduced until much later in the series. So the earth kingdom, or at least this portion of the earth kingdom is taken over. And so, you know, as we mentioned in the summary, Sokka, Katara and Aang are like trying to convince them to start doing stuff. And they're literally like saying there is earth all around you. And, they decide to start fighting, and the earthbenders I have seen from the series. And even if you didn't see the series, it's like there's earth all around them. There's dirt, there's stone, there's pebbles. Yeah. They can move stuff. There's a scene where five or six earthbenders are moving in absolute synchronicity, and they're like, Yeah, we're gonna do this. And what do they do? They pick up like just this kind of big stone. And then they punch it. And I'm like, really? Five earthbenders moving in synchronicity can only move a slightly big stone to inconvenience a firebender.
0: Yeah, I would call it like a medium-sized stone. It didn't matter. There were five of them. Yeah, it wasn't in the boulder category I I don't think but okay let me know and I I'm with you I agree five (laughs) of them definitely should have been able to do more and I was like "Eh, you know I think it's fine especially because the one father the one father like literally kind of made
1: a barrier wall by himself and five earthbenders could only do float a medium sized stone to be kind of moved again, and then basically push it into a firebender. So
0: I, I definitely just had this moment of, well, it's two pronged thing. So one was the way I'm hearing you describe it makes me feel like the earthbenders are just like the dumb jocks which of is the bending
1: community. Are. Well, okay, maybe
0: a little bit, right? But then, which you know, that's fine. They're they're Big and they're brawny and they can move giant boulders. Yes. Great. And then I thought, well, okay, so they're the dumb jocks. Or have they just been so oppressed and beaten down that now they don't think that they have the. And I'm going to lean on you for your animated knowledge, but Mm -hmm. have they been like so oppressed and beaten down that they just forgot? That they're capable of doing this stuff? No. So the thing
1: is, is that like they talk about like with earthbending is, is that of course it's like, okay, I'm going to go a little bit off track with this. I'm going to go a little bit further into the series. There is a character that is later introduced by the name of Toph. Okay. Toph is younger than Aang, but she's blind. So she actually can sense everything through her earth bending because her feet are always on the ground. Very cool. Okay. Yes. So like she doesn't really see a lot when she's not on the ground because she depends upon her earth bending to tell her where everything is. Gotcha. So I do definitely think that there is a sort of strength to earthbending and it does kind of show a little bit later in the series but then you have a character who like Toph who's this young child blind and is like this scrawny little thing so it's more I think that about you're planted on the ground okay and that's how you kind of move about things I get that which is respectable yeah but it's like if you're gonna go into that aspect I'm not going to get too deep into it, but you could also deem astrological signs that way. Let's go deep into astrological science. Well, yikes. I mean, it's like, you know, you're planted on the ground and you don't move. You're stubborn as a result of it, which okay. I feel is more in tune with the earth bending aspect. Okay. You're more stubborn. You're a little bit more, you know, this is how things are going to be. The thing is, is that in the series, this part I don't recall ever happening where now they do talk about that. The earth kingdom wants to take over the earth kingdom, but that's not until like another season or two in. Mm -hmm. So no next season is next season. Um, So the thing is, is that I'm not saying that it's not implausible that the earth kingdom could have already started taking over the smaller, portions of the earth kingdom. But at this point in the, um, the water tribe season, we're actually learning about certain characters, which unfortunately are not introduced into the movie. I don't know why they didn't do this. I thought at first it was because it was a situation of, we have all this season. We don't want to, um, you know, go over our time or anything like that. But there are, there are two major characters that were introduced in this season that did not make it into the movie.
0: Yeah. And I'm actually looking up right now because if, for those of you who have seen the movie, it starts with book one Mm -hmm. right in the prologue. They
1: were supposed to continue with it, but it didn't do well at the box office. So that's why.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So it was water, earth, fire, and then air, I think, was the final season. Not to be confused with Captain Planet. Are we going to talk about that? Yeah, let's
0: go ahead and talk about that. Can we talk
1: about that? You know what? (laughs) I want want you to take care of that because you and I both were like,
0: so it's exactly what we think it is. (laughs) So I loved Captain Planet as a child. Who doesn't? I remember watching it distinctly. And I, (laughs) it's, I mean, it's probably the reason I recycle so avidly today, even knowing that only 10% of the things I put in the recycling bin actually get recycled, but it still makes me feel better doing it. I was a 90s child brainwashed Mm -hmm. by Reduce Reuse Recycle. I mean, all of us were. Yes. And Captain Planet played such a big role in that. But the earth, wind, water, fire, heart. Heart. Ah, you
1: got that. I'm glad. So they do actually mention that actually in the movie. Grandma, I don't know what her official name is, but Grandma does mention because she's like, he's the heart of the elements. And you and I looked at each other and we're like, so it's Captain Planet? Yes. Which is, I guess... Not an accurate, but an interesting way of describing it. Yeah.
0: I just, <laughs> I have such a hard time understanding the scripting of this entire film. Because I know, I know that these actors are so capable. Right. And and good actors, that they've been in so many other things. And they're all funny. Yes. Which and- is- And entertaining to watch. And so I have to believe that the bad acting and any actors or anyone out there who has acted in any form who has been given a bad script knows when they've been given a bad script. I have to wonder if these actors knew because a lot of it and and maybe it's some of it was young acting. I do. I, I, I get that. But some of it was just. I can't imagine them, they just sound like they're reading the script. And so some of that has to be directing too, you would it, think,
1: right? I would, I would think so. And it's only because I'm comparing it to also like The Happening. You have people like Mark Wahlberg that was in The Happening. Yeah. And you watch that in film and you're like, oh God, yeah. what are you doing? And, and it's also like, okay, I'm going to circle back a little bit on this. Sokka. Soka is a hilarious character. He is the comic relief throughout the entire series. He has his serious moments. Yes, he is supposed to be a warrior that is trying to help Fend, and it's because he's one of the very few men left in the Water Tribe. And his father said that was unclear. It was not unclear. Yeah, exactly. It was unclear. So I guess I'll go a little bit further back. So Sokka and Katara's mother was murdered in the whole fire tribe situation. She was murdered. Their father decided he was going to help create a rebellion against the Fire Nation. Okay. So he left with a couple other people, and he said, hey, Sokka, take care of your sister, take care of everybody. So Sokka felt this big, like he has to help fend for it. He was one of the very few Well, actually, he might have been the oldest male in the water tribe where he lived because most of them were women. So he was like, I have to help hunt. I have to help fend for everybody. Katara, her character, she was always like a motherly type, but she was also, I know, you give me that look. For those of you, Katara, so Lindsay was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. So- she was always a motherly figure throughout the series, but as you know from the movie, that was not portrayed. She was yeah, this no. bumbling waterbender who didn't know what the hell she was doing, mm-hmm. whereas at the beginning of the show, she has a pretty good like idea of how to waterbend. Okay. She just continues to get better throughout the series. Because then there's that Zuko-Katara fight that should have been, could have been, but We did
0: watch the animated version of it. We did.
1: I did show you that. But I'm going back to Sokka. He's a funny character. Mm -hmm. And it's not shown in this because we have these weird moments with him where he's talking about, well, dad told me how to like track the seals and everything like that like at the very beginning yeah he's like upset because he thought did he everything right exactly yeah. and we we're like okay this has nothing to do really with the movie
0: i did find that bit very confusing
1: yeah that was a really i mean scripted. i moved
0: past it because suspension because ball but because ball yeah. with
1: giant yeah. Giant fuzzball and Aang yeah. were in it. So you're like, okay, I'm going to forget about this really weird scripted moment. Yeah. And
0: Jackson Rathbone is a funny person. Yeah. And I will, <laughs> I mean, Zuko, I think <laughs> you had mentioned Zuko was cast because he was a, or is, is, I assume still currently, a black belt in his martial art. No, that was actually Aang. That's <laughs> who I meant.
1: Aang was, Aang is, no, that's fine. Suko. No, but it it did look like based off of the uh, martial arts that we did see, because the one thing about the Firebenders is that they're a little bit more intimate and a little bit more uh, aggressive with their art style, Mm -hmm. is that it did very much look like Dev Patel did take the time to actually do the stage combat. Yeah. Whereas Aang is a martial artist, and that is one of the reasons that they picked him.
0: And I can absolutely. So, Ang's movements had me hooked from the very beginning. I didn't care what his script was. I didn't care what he said. I know you care, but <laughs> you're looking at it in a different lens. No, 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 no. For me, for me, like one of my first initial reactions, one of my, let's try that again. My initial reaction in watching Aang move was that he looks like a child and also he looks like he's ancient. Yes. Which makes total sense in his character because he is both of those things. And the fact that he could embody that in just his movements – was fascinating for me.
1: I will give you that, actually. I did think that he, as a whole, his martial art style, no matter what it was, was actually very impressive. Um, my my qualm was the bending and the animation as a whole, which, right. is, an, which is based on what they decided to do. Yeah. But then you see that amazing scene. There's no bending to it. I don't understand why. There's the bending scene between... Um, not bad thing. the martial arts scene between Katara and Aang where yeah. they're practicing their waterbending movement. Nothing happens. I don't understand why, because that's not something that happens in the series, but you could very clearly see that one is, is very much into it, but then you see the other one who is very much studied it. Yeah. Which is Aang versus Nicola. So, it's like they both are really doing an amazing job for that scene. But then you have Noah, who is an, inc- he's an incredible martial artist. My favorite scene with him was um, when the Blue Spirit came up. Yes. Which we haven't talked about the Blue Spirit which, yet. Which, if I may, I knew that this part was coming. And I remember you being like, what? what the hell is going on? You so were confused. so confused and I was just like sipping on my gin and tonic and not yep. saying anything. And that that scene was Really well done. Also, be, probably because I, I'm not 100% positive, but the person who was playing the Blue
0: Spirit was probably not Dev Patel, but probably also a martial artist. Oh, I'm sure. But that scene was amazing. It so well. <laughs> and I really appreciated the costuming. So in the group, mm. in the How group Are we going to talk about
1: costuming? I'm down for costuming. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, let's do it. So for those of you who don't know, we may have talked about this pre- previously um, in the Mr. Ripley in the Podcast. Mr. Ripley episode, <laughs> yes, go back and check it out. Uh, Ryan has Ryan has worked as a, a costume, costume, costume designer. As have I, but not to the extent that she. <laughs> yeah,
1: but you and I both appreciate beauty we do.
0: when we see it. So uh, I, I liked. The fact that they gave the blue spirit a distinguishing feature mm-hmm. of that giant hair, which which was necessary, n- yes,
1: it is. It's not a part of the animated series, but I actually did appreciate the the the. But mask for the film the and same. the fight
0: choreography, yes. that was absolutely necessary because there were some dark moments, like yes. l- literally dark. The screen was very dark. Um, there were a lot of dark scenes. There I were think about yeah it in that movie where. It was, it was difficult to distinguish between who was who because a lot of them were wearing masks. Right. And so the Blue Spirit's distinguishing feature was his hair. So
1: The mask is absolutely accurate. Mm-hmm. The wig or the hair is different from the animated series, but I actually do appreciate it because it was interesting because for those of you who have seen the series or have not, you might have noticed that they The benders have very distinguished colors. The earth benders are always wearing green. The uh, air benders are always wearing some sort of tan or yellow or Mm -hmm. orange. The fire benders are always wearing red or gold. It's ornate. Um, So in this particular scene, there are a lot of people wearing black uniforms. Yeah. So it's like when you see the blue spirit, he is wearing full black attire with the exception of the mask and the wig. The wig does kind of discern him because like you'll be seeing just a sea of like people in black uniforms, and you'll be like, you'll see this tuft of crazy black
0: hair, and you're like, oh, hey, that's the good guy. I really imagine the conversation (laughs) happening between the costume designers, and I feel like it's similar to that in if anyone's ever seen Grandma's Boy. I don't know if have you ever seen Grandma's Boy? Please (laughs) tell me you have. Okay, good. So there's a scene in Grandma's Boy where they're trying to figure out how to distinguish the different type of dwarves, I think, in this one video game. And they were like, let's just make them a different color. And that's kind of what I feel like happened with the Blue Spirit, which was, why don't we just give him this giant hair? Look,
1: it worked for Samuel L. Jackson in the abominations that were the prologue Star Wars movies. He had the purple lightsaber. Let's just go with it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally for
0: it because as a viewer, it made him easier to distinguish. Your reaction, though, to seeing him was hilarious. He looks like Michael Jackson. He even had actually we 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 did
1: I, I did actually at one point start adding Michael Jackson sounds to him.
0: Yeah, you and so we uh, we did rewind it at one we had point. To. We had to right, rewind a
1: couple times. It was
0: right after he cut on from the, the chains, yes. the chains. <laughs> and he did have this little like move Chip that was very Michael Jackson, it was and coupled Michael with the Jackson. hair yes. and the mask, it looked very much like I don't know. It looked like a nod. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I that mean, is
1: what we saw. I thought that that was like. M. Night Shyamalan's version of, okay, this part's going to be really spooky and mysterious. And they tried is that, to... Is do, that your
0: M. Night Shyamalan yes, voice? Okay. Yes. Okay. Very spooky and mysterious. I don't know if I've ever heard M. Night Shyamalan talk.
1: Well, watch the interviews from the Nickelodeon. Okay. Yeah, because he did interviews for this movie. He okay. did, and he's like, I'm doing this for my children. No. I, I, yeah. Okay, fair enough. But... <laughs> He's like, I'm going to be very mysterious and spooky, and this is going to be scary. And it was – well, not was scary, but it's, like, you see these moments where he's, like, he kind of moves through the shadows, and then he's, like, I've got people strung up on chains that appeared out of nowhere, and General was like –
0: the hell? I will. You know what? I will say. I did not see the reveal coming, and maybe it's because really? I really had no idea. Really? I really oh, didn't. okay. And and when he pulled his mask off as the blue spirit, like, and dun, he was dun, Zuko, dun. I was like, "How did I not see that? I'm losing my touch." But I wasn't upset about it. I I was. I was really pleased that I didn't see that coming. I, I You, know you what? probably already knew it was coming. I did, but it was, mm, I will say
1: this. When, um, there were kind of hints throughout the animated series that he might have been, but there were other people that, like, I think were theorized. So when, you know, Aang removed his mask, because that is accurate to the live action and the uh animated series mm-hmm. um that whole scene was accurate for the most part um the sad thing is is that i was like oh i kind of anticipated that it was him but it was kind of nice to also know at the same point that like because at that point in the series it was like everyone was like okay Aang's, uh, zuko is not as bad as everyone thinks he is right At the same point, you also know that he's saving Aang for his own agenda, but it is kind of a scene where it's like,
0: maybe he has some good in him. Which does carry throughout the series. I do like that point, too, where he and Aang had that moment, and Aang was like, we could have been friends, you know. They were friends in four seasons from then. But, I mean... But you can see that. You yes. can see that, like, that is the – that's, like, the seed planted I, I where they could potentially be friends. And yes. having never seen the animated series, I hope – and, I, again, I just kind of fill in my own backstory uh-huh. and, and friend happens. story as, as a watcher. And my hope is, like, yeah, Aang and Zuko, they're, like, besties. They're in each other's weddings and – they have Maybe. this whole life together.
1: Well, I as I said, I do actually enjoy the um, the Fire Nation as yeah. a whole. I thought that the characters and the actors throughout that did the most with what they were given. There were some really weird exposition points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, actually, I'm going to bring up this point. I never brought it up with you prior. Keep- and I, I, the thing is, is that I think that Emmett Shyamalan did anticipate to continue with the series. Yeah, which I, I hope that's you where he get was going.
0: That from the whole book one, like you don't but, put book one on a film if you don't. But he's done to that do... several
1: times as well. The 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 uh, <sighs> de- the elevator movie with Hell. He did that too. He did like a book one sort of situation. But, um, so I was talking about how much I love the Fire Nation because I actually felt like, okay, so if I may, there- You may. Well, so I feel like Dev Patel, who played Zuko- Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, did a really great job. And it was only because there was that whole scene where him and Uncle Iroh mm-hmm. were on General Shao's- Ship, and then we got the exposition, talking about how his how he was banned from the Fire Nation, and that he shouldn't be wearing this uniform. Blah 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 blah. But then we had that amazing scene where him and Uncle Iroh were together in the Fire Nation, uh, the Air mm, Earth Kingdom. It was the Earth Kingdom, yeah, and. You know, Ira was talking about, oh, look at all the pretty girls and everything like that. You should start yes. looking. And then we have that intimate moment where it was weird. It was still kind of weird because he brought the kid over and he's like, tell me what you know about the Fire Nation's prince. And it got a little weird, but it was still at the same time somewhat intimate because he's talking about this horrible situation that he was put in. yeah. Which was accurate to the animated series. And I
0: appreciated that having not seen the animated series.
1: Which brings me to this point. The scene where General Shao is basically like harassing him and like giving the two minute exposition of what Zuko's life was was not necessary because you could have removed that you still could have kind of been like, oh, he was banned by the Fire Nation and then still have this very intimate moment between nephew and uncle Mm -hmm. and found out why he was banned. That scene I loved and I wish we had more moments like that where we had that gentle exposition as opposed to, let me
0: tell you why he was banned by his own father. I think it's important too that we get the outside perspective of the child versus just Azuko Uncle Iroh interaction mm-hmm. is because the child brings in like how how widely his story is known but right. also the 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 parts of it that aren't
1: correct right and i'm not saying that like having a rumor uh, on the side, because yeah. that is something interesting. He's like, oh, well, you heard that, like, he was banned. Yeah, it's like, father- this is just known,
0: like, this is what's taught in schools exactly. to children.
1: Which I wish is what it was just as, as opposed to, oh, he dishonored his father. He decided to challenge his father. Oh, he we have to war. talk about the dinner.
0: Uh, uh, all right. <laughs> here we I go. mean, we're on Fire Nation. We're talking we might about as well. Zuko. All right, here we go. The what was that speech that his I totally let into it and had nothing?
1: <laughs> Wait, were we talking about General Xiao or are we talking about Yes,
0: we're talking about That's where we were Zhao. talking about just right okay. now. Okay. Okay.
1: Where it's like he's like, oh well, he insulted his father and all of a sudden oh. it's like he's been banned. <laughs> and oh by the way, he can't even wear the uniform, but we're gonna let him do it just to make of him and that's 100% what it was and you're just sitting there like this is like Ryan's
0: rendition of General Zhao as a mean girl yes
1: (laughs) because we were drinking Regina Rosé earlier but am I that far off
0: you're not well there you go yeah no I mean it's 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 not far off And it is also akin to a Game of Thrones scene, to multiple Game of Thrones, But again, which hadn't existed. But that's the
1: problem with this movie is, is that it shoves exposition down your throat within a
0: minute or two. And that's the problem with doing a movie about a series versus the other way around.
1: Right. And I'm not saying that it was going to be 100% perfect, mm-hmm. but it's like, and I also know that it's several episodes being shoved into a single movie. Yeah. But the fact that you are literally doing it in this short amount of time is, is that, you know, that people have seen the series. Yeah. And you're depending upon that. So it's like, okay, well, I already know all the exposition. Yeah. But if you're somebody who's like you, who's never seen it, you're like, oh, 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 OK. All right. I'm going to take notes. All yeah. Right. That's 100 yeah. percent what it came down to in not just that weird
0: dinner scene, but several other scenes. It's very akin to a movie based off a book where certain aspects are dependent on or even maybe just shouting out to people actually reading the book. And or people actually seeing the series.
1: But I feel like if you like compare it to something like Harry Potter, it takes its time to explain everything to you. That's true. And I feel like this movie could have taken its time to explain things
0: to you. Yeah.
1: As well. You had that like we said, you had that intimate moment with Zuko and Iroh where they kind of are like, this is what really Happened. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to do this whole big thing with General Shao. You could have just been like, oh, well, he's been banned. Yeah. But we're going to be nice. Yeah. And we're still going to let him on the ship. Oh, I. they told me that I can't be the, uh, you know, I wanted to be Avatar. They told me I couldn't live the life that I wanted. You could have left it at that. It didn't have to be this whole exposition, like being shoved down your throat in the weirdest of places and then you have other moments where Sokka and UA are the best of friends
0: in five seconds or less this is yeah and this is what we would call a quote-unquote efficient movie which for better you (laughs) yes it is it is an efficient movie it packs as much as it can pack into less than two hours would you call that efficient i would say that i got the gist of the storyline in less than two hours but again you're gritting your teeth while you say it no i am because it was uh, let's be honest for all intents and purposes it was not it was not a well-done movie. It wasn't, I'm just going to come right out and say it. I don't think it was a well-done movie. That said, it was a beautiful movie. It was a beautiful it movie, It was a yes. feast for the eyes Yes, and was, the
1: senses. It was beautiful in regards to the costume. Yeah. Except for those
0: sideburns. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> the sideburns were so weird. So if you go back and you watch the movie, specifically with the Fire Nation. General Lord... Uh, oh, no. Lord Ozai is what you're specifically yes. looking at for this moment. Yep. And there are distinctly different side bor- sideburns. There are distinctly different <laughs> sideburns for what appears to be each... Ranking member of the Fire Nation. And I don't understand that
1: because it just doesn't
0: make any sense. And as two costumers or two people who have costumed in the past, (laughs) we were, I anyway was racking, and I actually paused it and looked at Ryan and I was like, explain this to me. And neither of us could really. Wrap our heads around it, so... That's okay,
1: because Ozai's sideburns wrapped around his
0: ears. Yeah, and and I mean, I guess the thought behind that is just more of a... just a designer choice. I was like, please explain this to me. (laughs) No, no, no. Any anything that I say as far as like a oh, this clearly meant that he was in charge of an intent. no, no, no. I I have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't understand it it either. You
1: paused you paused it and I was like, I never noticed that in the movie. Yeah,
0: it bugged me. And I think like that's just a random attention to detail that stuck out. No,
1: it's fair. If you if you legitimately watch it and you see General Lord Ozai sideburns are usually supposed to go in the front of the earlobe down to the jaw for whatever reason this actor's sideburns went backwards around his ear
0: and started going for his jaw well it went on the front but it like wrapped around oh no you're right you're right it did
1: it curved inwards as opposed to curving outwards and Lindsay paused and she went So you're a costumer, explain this to me. Yeah, it was only
0: extremely apparent when they were right next to each other in that one specific scene. But I couldn't
1: Oh and his lips puckering
0: his his lips his lips puckered Donald Trump style. (laughs) Like it was very that I I, because (laughs) I've seen him in other things, that definitely was a character choice. For what I don't know, but I don't
1: understand it either because he was just
0: like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, lips yep. puckered. A, a handsome Squidward is what I would have equivocated. He is a two. handsome Squidward. That's not his normal facial right. expression. So that definitely we were was all like, he's...
1: no, but General Zod's talking to him and the whole time.
0: He's got his lips puckered. He's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh. mm-hmm, and we're like, what are you doing? That's him pretending to care. Is what that is. Well,
1: actually, that probably would be accurate to. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Actually, he's an asshole. Yeah, he
0: is. He's, they, a, he's a dick of a father. I also i i want to cover this before we fully wrap this up and or digress <laughs> into the deeper depths of this movie, whichever way this takes us. But the Fire Nation representing industrialism. Yeah, we pointed that out, actually. As we were watching the movie. And that is very apparent specifically in the film. And Mm. I don't know if that is a huge... It is. ...point of... It is. Yeah, contention in, in the... Cartoon, it
1: right? is because animated. Theory. Well, it is yeah. because they depend on metal. Because they also talk about um, the major four elements, but then they also, at a later point, talk about how you can connect to elements to get another element. So, like for instance, they talk about how earth bending and water bending can create plant bending. So there are people that can 100%...
0: I know. the face Brian on. just blew my mind. I have yes. plant bending. This is the first time So that's they come control. Up, so. so they
1: control water through plants, but the, the plant okay. looks like it's moving. So metal bending is an element between earth and fire. However, very few people know how to do it. Okay. Toph, who I mentioned earlier in this uh, review, is able to actually see the metal parts and bend them, but they depend upon the fact that they are, yes, in fact, using a lot of metal and that a lot of people are not able to bend it and they use that to their advantage, but it comes back to bite them in the butt in the last two seasons
0: of the show. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was... It was kind of in your face. I mean, I liked it. I appreciated it. it you had like, the you
1: had the ash falling in the in the um, northern
0: water tribe. You're yep. like, what is this black snow? And you're like, oh, mm, that's not what you think it is. No, no. So many webs can be drawn to that black <laughs> snow. nineties children. Yeah, it's just. I don't know. It, it was super interesting to me to see the the fire tribe. Fuck. What am I talking about? Fire Nation. Fire Nation. Thank yeah. you. <clears throat> um, I don't know. It was just interesting to me to see the Fire Nation depicted as like this nation of industrialized... People coming to these other nations with their big machines is what they called them. Right. And it felt very akin to, you know, the the dawning of humanity as we know it now and right. what things had to be sacrificed in order to Create the life that we currently live.
1: Well, I think it's also very much apparent to, like, our generation as well. Because we grew up with a lot of movies that talked about, like... And TV series that talked about, like, you know... Recycling. Captain
0: Planet, again. Um, Fern Gully. Yeah. For instance... I do love Fern Gully.
1: um, But, yes. uh, What was that weird one where the animals are trying to save their friend and, like, it has... Michael, what's his name from the Phantom of the Opera in it and everything like that. Animal Farm? No, that's a book. Um, <laughs> it's but a like we, But, like, we grew up with, you know, saving the environment yes. and, like, having the, Even, like, our cartoons growing up. Sonic had- Rock come, those modern life. Yes. Sonic had, you know, hey, kids, remember to recycle yep. and everything like that. So there is that, like, thing that I think becomes apparent to a certain yeah, generation where it's right. like- Oh, yeah, we're killing our planet. Mm -hmm. We're killing our planet, possibly, as a result of this, which I don't know if that was the intention with the Fire Nation. I don't feel like it was very much like prevalent in the animated series. But at the same time. Everything that happens with the Fire Nation wasn't necessarily anything that didn't happen in the series, so yeah. I can't argue it. I think it's just that for like you and me, and certain like scenes and aspects that they decided to go with, we became hyper aware. Yeah, yeah. So I get that. Mm, yeah, <sighs> oh.
0: <clears throat> and wow. with that sigh, mm-hmm. I think. I think we're coming to the end of this review (laughs) of Avatar. So we are going to rate this movie. And for those of you who don't know, we rate everything with the size of popcorn. Small to small. Let's try that again. For those of you who don't know, we (laughs) for those of you who don't know, we rate everything with a size of popcorn. Small to extra large, the bigger the size, the better the movie in each host's opinion. And we modify them however we feel like. So Ryan, I'm going to throw it to you to give me your popcorn rating on this show. You're already laughing as you say this to me. So
1: here's the thing. I do... I do respect M. Chamelon for trying to make a movie that he was inspired off of with his children and everything. That being said, despite the fact that there were some beautiful martial arts styles and the beautiful scenery in the costume, it didn't make up for the fact that the exposition was shoved down your throat. There are certain, like, summary points that were just... M- either didn't need to be made or there wasn't enough of it. The acting was not that great. And I'm going to go based off of the scripting and the directing. So I'm going to have to give this a small popcorn and I'm going to probably have to make it majority burnt, no butter, (laughs) no salt. Well, actually I'll rephrase that. Um, I will make it a small popcorn that is burnt at the bottom with a little bit of salt and a little bit of butter. It gets you going at the very beginning and then it's just bitter tears at the end.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate I appreciate that right. Do you <laughs> I mean I, I absolutely expected your popcorn rating so oh, you're I appreciate that. No. I, I too will give it a small, but I won't give it a burn small. Mm-hmm. For me, not having seen the animated series, I think was probably a boon. Uh, so I appreciated it or I should say, not necessarily appreciated. I enjoyed it a little bit more than I think Ryan did. I, I will also give it a small popcorn, <laughs> a little bit of butter at the top. you know, it kind of gets more disappointing as it goes on. <laughs> But I mean, overall, I did it. I did. It was pretty to watch. That's that's what I have to say about it. Don't listen to it. Turn the sound off and put some nice music on the in the background. <laughs> Honestly, you'd probably enjoy it more that way. Maybe put the uh, maybe put the subtitles on. Put watch the actual series instead. Yeah, <laughs> put, yeah. Backburn. Watch the actual series instead. I wouldn't watch it first if you want to enjoy this movie. Uh, clearly, just, watch. Just, Watch Nicola the Nickelodeon series. <laughs> but it is – it was helpful to have Ryan there to point out some of the things that I missed. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. You can follow the show's social media at Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. There you will find announcements about upcoming shows and a link to our letterboxed page, which contains our entire list of reviews. Go to filmstrippodcast.com to link to our anchor.fm distribution site where you can find your podcast platform of choice, Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. Please share the show. And if you can, leave us a positive review as it helps other people find the podcast. For Ryan, I'm Lindsay. Thank you for listening to Filmstrip.